Welcome everyone to Games Are Fun. This is a weekly podcast where I talk about video game news, stories and highlights from the past week. I talk about games I'm playing. I give you my thoughts on what's happening in the video game industry. But this week I'm doing something differently. I'm taking you guys down memory lane and giving you the history of video games. Or sorry, (laughs) Luke Armstrong's history of video games. I'm going to go over video game consoles I owned growing up as a kid, some of my favorite games I played, and more importantly, I'm going to talk about some memories that came from video games. If you haven't figured out already, I flippin' love video games. I really, really like them, and I don't think it's not necessarily because I just didn't... Well, it is. I do really enjoy playing them. I love the stories that come from games. I like the just the mechanics of playing games, but... I also love the memories that stem from playing games, especially as a kid. I have a lot of memories that are tied to video games. So I thought it'd be cool to just kind of talk about those memories with you guys. So that's what what's going on today. You know, last week we had a lot of news with E3. So let's, you know, let's focus on something a little more laid back, a little more chill. And yeah, that's what's going to happen. So before we start talking about all of that, just wanted to remind you guys that you can email me your thoughts on the episodes, comments, questions, concern, hate mail to Gmail, or sorry, to my Gmail, gamesarefunpodcast at gmail.com. That's my email address. You can give me your feedback. Some of you have already done that. You've reached out to me and provided me with some thoughts on the show and I really appreciate that. This is new to me. I'm figuring out as I go. I think each episode's going to get better with time. But yeah, I do appreciate your guys's comments on the show. If you haven't done so already, I would also really appreciate it if you give me a follow, give me a subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this on. If it's on Castbox, you know, uh give me a like, give me a subscription. Uh, that would be really appreciated. If you're listening to me on SoundCloud, same thing. Of course, it's not needed. You can just listen to the podcast, but any little bit of support helps. Also, an update on the iTunes front. I hope that maybe you're listening to this on Apple Podcast Services. I am in the process of getting that, uh, giving my getting the podcast on iTunes. It's actually not as complicated as I thought. I need to go through the procedure of submitting my podcast so hopefully this episode is going to be on there and all the previous episodes starting this week and obviously all future episodes will be on there as well so yeah that's kind of the housekeeping stuff out of the way I don't think I'm forgetting anything so let's go back to 1999 I think it was 1999 I'm pretty sure because I remember getting my first console before my younger sister was born. She was born in 2000. So I believe it was 1999. Anyways, my parents brought me and my older sister into their bedroom. They sat us down on the bed and they said, you guys have been really good uh, lately, so you've been good in school. I wasn't, I think I was in like kindergarten or grade one at the time, probably kindergarten. So I wasn't even really, I don't know how good you can be at kindergarten, but regardless, we were good kids. My parents wanted to get us a treat, a gift for being just these little angels that we were. And so 
they went into the closet and they pulled out a Nintendo Flippin' 64. And I was pumped, super pumped. It was a big deal because before that I had played some games on our computer that we had. And this is, of course, like really early days of internet. Um, so there wasn't, like gaming was something that wasn't accessible to everyone. You know, not everybody had a gaming console. It wasn't until maybe the next generation where I think majority of people had gaming consoles. But maybe I'm mistaken. I don't know. And, yeah, they gave us the box. And it was, I just remember seeing the box. It had the Atomic Purple Nintendo 64 controller with it. So it came with two controllers. The Atomic Purple controller was cool because it was transparent. And you could see the, like, uh, the... I don't know, like the motherboard or the chips or the, I don't know, the I, I can't think of the slang, but you know what I'm talking about when you have those, it was very 90s where you have like this transparent and it was maybe colored like purple, or maybe it was just clear transparent. You could see all the insides of the computer or whatever piece of technology you had. So that was, that was wicked, that controller. That was like player one controller. Of course, my sister being older, I'm sure probably got that controller more than I did, but that was sweet. That was a, a memory associated to that. I remember flipping over the box and seeing, I think Zelda was on there and Super Mario 64. So the, the big Nintendo games were advertised on the back of the box. And I think the first game we got, at least how I remember it, the first game that we got was Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And the reason why I think that's the first game we got is because that's the game that I remember playing the most on the console. But we never really owned too many Nintendo 64 games. Now, my aunt had a Nintendo 64, and she had GoldenEye and Mario Kart 64 on it. And so we, she would lend us those games, or when we were over at her house, we'd play those games. So I played with those games quite a bit. But other than that, you know, there wasn't too many games. I remember we had Pokemon Stadium 2 was another game that we eventually got. But games were expensive. And so what we did was we would go to the video store and rent games. So a lot of my memories from the Nintendo 64 are from games that I never actually owned. But you could rent them and basically go return them and then turn around, grab the game again, and rent it for another week. This is before they started introducing, you know, no late fees and things. So, yeah, there's lots of games that I remember playing as a kid. And, yeah, uh, so going back to Zelda, Zelda was definitely my favorite game. And to be honest with you, it's my, probably my number one favorite game of all time is Ocarina of Time. I could just believe that that game is my favorite game because I played it so much. I've probably put hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours into that game over the span of my life since I got it when I was, you know, five years old or whatever. And so, yeah, that game meant, means a lot to me on because of the memories associated, associated to it. I remember playing it with my sister um, where she would play it and I'd watch her or when I would play it by myself and, you know, getting stuck on the water temple and being extremely frustrated and stuck on that temple and not being able to progress. And eventually having my cousins from 
BC come and help me beat that water tumble so we could actually progress through the game. I don't think it was in, it was many years down the road until I actually finally beat that game. But I still play it today. I still watch streams of it on Twitch. I watch speedrunners play Ocarina of Time. And it's just a great game. It was so big at it, at its time. It was, you know, breaking the barriers that other games had before. So that game, in my eyes, is one of the best games of all time. And I think a lot of people would agree with me on that. So that was a game that I really liked. I mentioned that my aunt had GoldenEye. That obviously was really fun to play with my family and friends. Mario Kart was a great you know, cooperative game to play with friends. But, but some of the games that I, I remember renting as a kid. Uh, so there's this game called by Konami called Mystical Ninja uh, starring Go, Goman. I believe that's how you pronounce it. And this game is very Japanese. I don't even really know how to explain it. You're basically this ninja, hence the title. And you're in Japan, and it's kind of a 3D platformer. There was a SNES Mystical Ninja game, so this was kind of the 3D open world, well, not open world, but 3D platformer version of it. And this game is so weird. So probably two, three years ago, I bought a copy of this game because I still have my Nintendo 64. I bought a copy of this game for like 60 or $70 on eBay. And I booted it up and it has this crazy awesome intro. It's like this Japanese song. It's very like high energy. So just type in Mystical Ninja, Ninja starring Goemon N64 intro on YouTube and you'll know what I'm talking about. So that was a game I really... I have some fond memories over. I remember me and my sister thinking it was just absolutely a blast and so silly as well. I remember a game that I we like to rent called Iggy's Wrecking Balls. And basically you were these balls. Iggy was like kind of the iguana but shaped as like a ball. And you raced up like these, you basically raced on this like platform because um, you would roll like a wrecking ball and... You would race up a tower or maybe it would be a side scroller. There were some mini games. That was a really fun game. I had mentioned earlier Pokemon Stadium 2. The mini game specifically, I remember playing that all the time when we have family and friends over. Uh, another game by Konami, Snowboard Kids, was really, really fun. It was a racing game where you, yeah, you just snowboarded down the hill. So that was those are really all the fun games that I could kind of think of. There was definitely more that I played, but those ones speak volumes to me because I just have such nostalgic memories of playing them with, you know, friends and stuff. So that was the first console I owned. I remember one of the next things I got was a Game Boy Color. And I remember we were in Medicine Hat visiting my aunt. And my sister, I believe at that time, had already got a poke or sorry, a Game Boy Color. She got a purple Game Boy Color. I wanted a Game Boy Color. So we went to, I want to say it was Superstore. And we went in and got, my parents got me a Game Boy Color, a yellow Game Boy Color. And I still have that Game Boy Color, I think, at my parents' house and probably in a box somewhere. And... One of the first po games I got was Pokemon Blue because my sister had Pokemon Red and, you know, Pokemon was the game to have 
when you had a Game Boy. They just went hand in hand with each other. So, grew up with playing, you know, playing with the Game Boy Color. A couple games that I remember, obviously, Pokemon was the big one. I got Link's Awakening, which was the first release for the Zelda series on, like, the Game Boy. That game was fun. I also remember, I just, it kind of came to me, like, three or four years ago, I came across a picture on Facebook of Conker's Pocket Tales. And I had never made the connection. So I owned a game called Conker's Pocket Tales, which was Star's Conker's from Conker's Bad Fur Day on Nintendo 64. And because I remember playing this game, and I saw a picture of it on Facebook or whatever, and I instantly remembered the memories of playing that game. But I had completely forgot about it over, you know, tens of years. And when I saw that picture, I remembered it. And I had no idea that that was a Conker's game. So that was kind of a fun game. I don't really remember too much what you do in it, but that was cool. I really wish that I still had that game. It's probably lost somewhere. But yeah, Game Boy Color was a, a big deal. I remember we eventually, my sister got a Game Boy Advance. And we didn't get too many games for that. And I, I think we just, we shared the Game Boy Advance. And I remember eventually getting Pokemon Ruby, which was like the next gen Pokemon game. And I had got Pokemon Gold for, I think my birthday or Christmas from my grandma. And I remember my parents would allow me to take the bottle money from like empty bottles and we take them to the recycling depot and I could take the money from the bottle. So I'd save up. And I remember going to Zeller's, good old Zeller's. There's a name that you don't hear very often anymore. And I went to Zeller's and I had a Ziploc bag full of cash. Like there were some bills in there. There was a ton of change, like down to pennies. And I remember basically putting the money on the counter, dumping it all out and counting out the correct amount of change that was uh, the total that was required for Pokemon Ruby. And so I bought that game because my parents was like, you want that game? You got to save up this money that we're giving you and you can buy it for yourself. So that was cool. And yeah, so I eventually, I got a PSP later on. That was, I don't know uh, when I got that. I don't, there's a couple games on it that I played, but the next console that we got, home console, was the PlayStation 2. Now, unlike the Nintendo 64, I don't have the specific details of how we received that, but way more memories on this console, way more games for this console. So when we first got it, my parents, rather than giving us uh, PlayStation 2 games, because again, going back, games were expensive, right? It was the added expense on top of actually buying the console. So PlayStation 1 games were compatible on the PlayStation 2. And so my parents bought us a couple PlayStation 1 games. And one of those games were, I think we owned all three of the original Spyro games, Spyro the Dragon. And again, ton of memories playing Spyro, watching my sister play Spyro, playing Spyro myself, playing it with friends. And I remember, I don't know what Spyro it was, either... Uh, I can't even remember what Spyro it was. The second or the third one, there's a, there's a couple skateboarding levels on it, and that was wicked. That was so cool. That was probably one of my favorite memories of the Spyro games. And so when they announced just this past year that 
The Spyro Remastered Trilogy is coming out on PS4 and Xbox One. Well, I just lost my flipping mind because that, again, is a very large portion of my video game childhood. So Spyro games were huge. I remember my parents got me or got us a, a crazy taxi for PlayStation 2. It was a port of the arcade version onto home consoles. I remember playing that game quite a bit. The big, the big one, though, was Tony Hawk games. So I had played, I had, oh, sorry, yeah, the first Tony Hawk game I got was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 for the PlayStation 1, but I played it on my PlayStation 2. And then from there, I remember playing 3 and 4 at some friend's house, but those games I actually never owned. And... I never got Tony Hawk's Underground. I actually skipped that one first and got Tony Hawk's Underground 2. And that blew my mind. I was obsessed with that game. The I was some bad to context for that. I was really into skateboarding at that time. So we're looking at the early 2000s where skateboarding was a really big part of that time period of time. Everyone, even if you didn't skateboard, it was all about wearing skateboarding shoes, skateboarded brand clothing, just having that skater look was really in. I like skateboard. I actually taught myself to skateboard. I got really into it in elementary school. My parents built me a half pipe in my backyard. I was big into skateboarding. So obviously video games going hand in hand with that. I was obsessed with skateboarding video games. And so I got Tony Hawk's Underground 2. One of my friends owned Tony Hawk's Underground. I was like, well, this is more the same of this Tony Hawk's Underground 2. I need the first one. Eventually got the first one too. I got all, all the ones to follow that. Tony Hawk's American Wasteland. I got, I think the next one was Tony Hawk's Project 8. And then I kind of phased out of it because the games were getting a little different and they were losing track of what they were doing well. So Tony Hawk games are really great. Shout out to Simpsons Hit and Run. That was a good game that I really enjoyed playing. I'm sure a lot of you have played that game before as well. Jack and Daxter was a phenomenal game. I played 1, 2, 3, and Jack X Racing, beat them to completion, and that was a big deal from being a kid. Nowadays, I obviously, I try my best to play a game and beat them before I, you know, leave them on the shelf to sit in the dust. Back when I was a kid, I was definitely not that good of a gamer. And so seeing a game to completion, beating this main storyline of a game was not something I did all the time. But with the Jack and Daxter series, I did. So that was a series that I really enjoyed. And... What's that? Prince of Persia was sweet. So I remember Prince of Persia was... So this is... Prince of Persia was kind of like a predecessor of Assassin's Creed. For those of you who have never played Prince of Persia. I'm sure you've heard of it because it did grow in popularity. But unfortunately, we don't see Prince of Persia anymore because Assassin's Creed is in the spotlight for Ubisoft. But Prince of Persia was a game I don't remember how I came across it whether I was on IGN's website or saw commercials for it on TV but I asked for Prince of Persia for Christmas repeatedly to my parents and I got it and I remember going Christmas morning and playing Prince of Persia 
I remember getting stuck on some specific part and I was so frustrated because it was like I had waited months. I'd asked for this game only to find out like an hour into the game I got stuck because again, I was a crappy gamer. And my parents took me to Cole's bookstore in Parkland Mall in Red Deer and I went to, because a lot of this stuff wasn't online like it is nowadays. There was game guides. They actually had to purchase these games guides to kind of get walkthroughs on the games. But of course, I just went into the bookstore, found the Prince of Persia game guide, and just quickly went to the part that I was stuck on, read the description or how, the explanation for it, Went home, beat it no problem. So that was cool. Nowadays, you can quickly just go on your phone and if you're stuck on something and find out the solution for it. So that was PlayStation 2. There, I owned quite a few games. Um, I have boxes of games. I think they're at my parents' house somewhere. Uh, I don't actually have them currently with me where I'm living, but I do have quite a few PlayStation 2 games. There would be way too many to go into. There's tons of them that I really enjoyed, but I, those are just the highlights of my favorites from that console. So now moving into the next generation. So here is a funny story. So I remember going on the computer and going on the internet, and it was uh, the homepage was Google, and I remember clicking the drop-down tab under the Google search and it had, it would give recent searches and I would have been at this point this would be 2007 and I found or sorry one thing I actually before I even get into that I wanted to point out that uh, Guitar Hero I was really obsessed with I went over to a friend's house who went uh, who had just got Guitar Hero 2 I think it was and that was like Guitar Hero was so big in the day people became obsessed with it not just gamers like everybody people who weren't into video games were buying consoles just to play these games because they're so fun to play in a group setting or at parties and stuff so uh, I jumped on that as well I my parents got me Guitar Hero 1 and I eventually got Guitar Hero 2 Guitar Hero rocks the 80s I think those were the three I owned for the PlayStation 2 so that kind of is gives backstory to what I'm talking about with my next console. So I was on Google and I clicked the drop down tab and I saw something called Rock Band. And so I click on it and I was like, okay, yeah, I think I saw, I've heard of this. And I looked at it and it was, it said Rock Band and it said Rock Band PlayStation 2. And so I was kind of putting on like, well, I didn't Google this. So who Googled this? Was this my dad? And I knew my birthday was coming up. And so I kind of expected, oh, my parents got me Rock Band 2 for PlayStation 2. And so I was all pumped for that. And so when it came time for my birthday, they said to me, okay, your, your present is hidden somewhere in the house. Go find it. And so I'm searching around. I went into the computer room and into the closet and the first thing I see is I like pull I look through some jackets in the closet and I see Rock Band 
um, like a big box for the rock band because it was a big box because it came with the drum kit and everything. And I immediately was like flipping out. But then I saw that it was for Xbox 360, not PlayStation 2. And so I was like, wait a second here. And right behind Rock Band was a flipping Xbox 360. And again, the my parents just know how to surprise me when it comes to video games. And again, I, I freaked out. It was extremely exciting because like the Xbox 360, like there was so much hype around it. Like there was commercials on TV. People were talking about it because it, again, it advanced gaming to a new level, especially with Xbox Live. And so Rock Band was my first game, obviously, for the 360. I got Kane and Lynch Dead Men, I think it's called. Uh, that was the first purchase of for the Xbox 360. That was my very first game for it. And I remember some other early, eventually, I think the next game was Halo 3. Halo 3 had just came out and I got that. And then Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. I had played the original Call of Duties on PlayStation 2. So I got that one as well. And then I think it was at the tail end of grade 7 when, because I had heard of Xbox Live, obviously, and that was the next step. That was the next thing I wanted. And so my parents eventually got me Xbox Live. And that is really what changed gaming for me from there on. Because, you know, you no, no longer had to have a friend come over to your house and play games. They could be at their house and you could, you know, go on Xbox Live and you could chat while you played games. So I have a ton of memories of playing Halo 3 and COD 4 was a big one online multiplayer playing those games and I just remember coming home from school jumping on Xbox Live until I had to go bed go to bed went to sleep went to school came home and just it repeated itself of course I did other things than just play games but yeah it was incredible and yeah Halo 3 was the kind of the main because I never owned an original Xbox so I didn't have Halo 1 or 2 I had played Halo 1 and 2 at friend's house. My friend had an original Xbox, so I got to play those games, and I really was pumped that now I was able to finally play Halo. So Halo is a big part of my video game history as well. And yeah, there was a lot of games that I got, because that was 2007, and I had that console until 2013, so that's six years. And six years as a kid is a long time. So over the span of six years, I got quite a few games that I still have to this day. I probably have close to over 100 games on the 360. Um, some other games that I liked from that, Dead Rising, I remember that was lent to me from a friend. And that game was really fun. A big game that's in, even in my top five is Red Dead Redemption. I remember me and my buddy Cole Visser got Red Dead Redemption and I remember going to school the next day and we both had bags under our eyes because we had stayed up all night playing Red Dead or at least that's how I remember it is because it, it was so fun. So I'm really pumped for Red Dead Redemption 2 coming out this fall. So yeah, there's like 
ton of memories from the 360, but just that story of how I got my 360 was great. Of course, that first 360 didn't last. I did get the red ring of death, and I was doing what was called the towel trick, which I had found on YouTube, where I don't know what the science behind it was, but essentially you would take your console and wrap it up in a towel when that red ring was up, and basically let it completely overheat and then you would remove the towel turn it off turn it back on again and it would work for whatever reason eventually that ran out and the towel trick no longer worked and so my parents bought me a refurbished console and for like pretty cheap and I just took my hard drive from my old console and put it onto the new one and everything was great again never had a problem and I still have that 360 today so yeah, the 360 is what really made me into a gamer, I would say. And one of the last games I bought for that was Grand Theft Auto V because that came out in the fall of 2013. And the expectation was that the I was going to get the next generation of consoles. So they had announced at E3 the PlayStation 4. I don't know if it was announced at E3, but... They announced that year PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. And I was very stuck on what console to get. So for those of you who are familiar, when the Xbox One was initially announced, they said that you would not be able to share your games in the traditional manner. So say like with the Xbox 360, I own a game. I own the disc copy of the game. I could give it to my friend. He could put that disc in his console and play it. Obviously, common sense that why would it not work? Well, Xbox or Microsoft was wanting to impose a restriction on that so that they would kind of own the used game industry as well and prevent companies from reselling used games. So that if I had a game and I had a, the, the physical copy of the game and I lent it to my friend, he wouldn't be able to play that game unless he was signed into my account. Just kind of like how you own a digital copy of a game. And people were pissed about that, obviously. I was mad about that. I was like, that is stupid. Why should I be restricted for something like that? That makes no sense. And I remember PlayStation 4 was you know, throwing shade at Microsoft with their conference saying they had a video and it was like, this is how you share games on PlayStation 4. And it shows like one of the presidents or whatever um, and another guy, he has a PS4 game in his hand and he hands it to his other friend. He's like, that's how you share games on PS4. And so I was like, well, they know what they're doing. Like they're not putting these restrictions and stuff. And a couple, I don't know how long later, Microsoft retracted that, its statements and said that won't be the case you can share games and of course that never happened but they said it was going to happen that was a big deal and so I was back to the point of like well I wasn't really happy with how they announced the Xbox one but I've been an, an Xbox 360 gamer I've been a PlayStation gamer as well but I was kind of weighing my options so I already paid for my Xbox gold live subscription and so I would continue to do that on my Xbox One. Whereas if I went with a PlayStation, all that kind of history of my Xbox Live would 
not be deleted, but it'd be halted, it'd just stop, right? Because I would be then playing my PS4 mostly. And so I ended up deciding to buy an Xbox One. And by that point, it was like basically a week before the consoles were out. And so I had missed all pre-orders and stuff. So I went online the day the consoles were released and I was able to buy one and I ended up paying like $500 for it. And I bought an Xbox One. And I was pretty happy with it. So that's kind of the generation where I would say a large percentage of my friends stopped with gaming and just didn't continue on. They didn't buy an Xbox One or a PS4. They just, they stopped, they grew out of gaming. And so I still had some friends who did buy an Xbox One, but it wasn't until probably a year after it had been released. So the first game I got for that was Dead Rising 3 because there was only, you know, X amount of games when it was first released. So that was the first one I got. And I remember getting like a Madden game as well. And Titanfall, I believe, was a game that I bought early on. But that was also a period of time where... um, Well, actually before that, I would say. Before I bought the Xbox One, there was a period of time there where I actually contemplating whether I wanted to continue with this because growing into an adult I realized that gaming was expensive and you had to for one buy a new console every x amount of years and you also had to buy the games and so I honestly contemplated if it was all worth it but I'm glad that I stuck to it because I don't know if if I did that I clearly wouldn't be gaming and I'd miss out on so many things that I've been able to do the past five years on this current generation of consoles. So I'm glad that I stuck to it, but I didn't really own too many Xbox One games because, again, they were expensive and I was paying for everything myself. And so I didn't own too many games for the first couple years. I probably had like 10, 15 games in the first couple years. And then eventually... I, you know, started making more money where I could buy more games. So my Xbox One collection is almost the size of my Xbox 360 collection. And then two years ago, my family was awesome enough to gift me with a PlayStation 4 for Christmas. And so I was a multi-platform console owner. I had both PlayStation and Xbox. So I got to experience new worlds like The Last of Us which is in my top three favorite games of all time. Uncharted. Oh, I played Uncharted 1, 2, 3, and 4. I obviously got to play Horizon Zero Dawn. I still have yet to buy God of War, but all these awesome PlayStation 4 exclusives, I now have access to them because I have both consoles. But I do find that I still buy a majority of my third-party games through Xbox because I have friends through Xbox and stuff. So... Yeah, the some of my favorite games from this generation, I would say Battlefield 1, uh, Metal Gear Solid 5, Re- more recently Far Cry 5 is really up there for being one of my favorite games. And yeah, those games I mentioned on PlayStation 4 are probably my favorites as well. And then I let's go just before Christmas time. Um, so the Nintendo Switch had been out for nine months or whatever. I had finally saved up enough money by selling. I sold one of my old cell phones. I sold just a bunch of stuff. I sold my iPad to save up some extra cash to buy a Nintendo Switch. 
and I wanted a Nintendo Switch for Zelda because I had missed out on Zelda all through the years because um, I haven't owned a Nintendo console since the Nintendo 64. Well, that's not true. I did buy a used GameCube so I could play Twilight Princess and stuff. I did have a Wii, but I never owned... Uh, so my family had a Wii. I, didn't, I don't really think of that console too much, but... Um, yeah, I missed out on some of those games because I was more focused on Xbox 360. So I got a Switch so I could play Zelda because Zelda obviously is a really awesome game. This last one was amazing. It taught, it's definitely in my top 10 favorite games of all time. So I own that. I own Super Mario Odyssey and just a bunch of indie games. And the Switch is great. I haven't even explored it to its full capabilities of its portability because I don't travel that much. And I haven't really played too many multiplayer games on it, if any multiplayer. So... Um, yeah, I own all the big three right now. The only thing is, is I've never been a big PC gamer. The only time I was a PC gamer was probably in my middle school years. I remember playing a lot of Age of Empires, and I remember playing a ton of World of Warcraft. So that was when I took a break from console gaming, and I spent probably an unhealthy amount of time playing World of Warcraft. But... Yeah, there. I I'm glad that I own all three consoles because now I can basically play all the games. It's great. This next generation, whatever comes out, I will probably end up buying a PlayStation before I buy an Xbox, and that's just because Sony has the track record of, you know, producing really good games. So I'm looking forward to that, but also my wallet isn't looking forward to that. So anyways, that's basically my freaking life with video games. I There's way more than I'm leaving out. I don't want to bore you guys to death with my entire childhood and the games I grew up with. But I just wanted to, you know, hopefully bring back some memories you might have had as a kid and some gaming memories you had. Majority of us, because in this generation, um, you know, even people 10, 15 20 years older than me also I grew up with video games and video games are an important part of people's lives and so it's clearly an important part of mine and I wouldn't be into them to the amount that I sorry I wouldn't be into them today if it wasn't for you know all the memories and all the games I played as a child growing up so yeah, I'd love to hear from you guys. You know, send me your video game stories. If you have a cool, interesting story about video games from when you were a kid or some of the, some, some of the things that kind of like what I was talking about in today's show, email me them at Games Are Fun Podcast. Um, maybe I'll, I'll read your guys' stories on, you know, next week's episode or future episodes. I think that would be fun. That actually reminds me that I did want to reach out to you guys please write in um, questions so that I can read them on podcast episodes. I think it's fun to be able to kind of bring you guys into the show and interact with you guys on a level like that. So yeah, make sure you do that. Also, with wrapping up the show, if you want to go over to my Instagram page at Games Are Fun Podcast, I post pictures of all my video game and my video game collection so if you want to go over there give me a follow and also maybe share this podcast with somebody who you know is a gamer I think they could 
find themselves enjoying this video game talk. I enjoy it just talking to you guys about video games. And so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to all the future episodes. I have tons of ideas. So make sure you keep coming back each week and listening. I really appreciate it. So with that said, this has been episode four of Games Are Fun podcast. I will talk to you guys next week. And until then, have fun, play all the games. See you later.